You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. As always, we are on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor, everywhere you get your podcasts. We are there. Thank you for joining us. Please, guys, hit that subscribe button. The numbers are climbing bit by bit every day. I know I say that every day, but I really appreciate the subscribes. So please, whatever platform you're on, take two seconds, hit that subscribe button. I sincerely appreciate it. Also, as always, I'd like to remind everybody, in the description, whatever platform you're on, you will be able to see the timing at which we hit different segments. So if it's a 25-minute podcast, maybe you won't love all 25 minutes. That's okay. I won't be offended. Check out the description. If you want to skip ahead, skip back. That's great. Obviously, we'd love to have you for the full time. Let's dive in. Got to start with the Utah Jazz. Obviously, they're having one of the greatest seasons in team history. Hopefully, the playoffs continue that trend and we can see a, a finals appearance potentially even. But... I'm going to start with uh, the Defensive Player of the Year, NBA.com Ladder. So every week, the NBA.com releases their Defensive Player of the Year Ladder. And Ben Simmons leapfrogged. So it's been like back and forth, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. Ben Simmons ahead for most of the season, uh, which is a joke. And I've talked about that repeatedly. Uh, But last week, Gobert was number one and Ben Simmons was number two. So uh, Ben Simmons gets injured, sits out for several games and somehow leapfrogs Gobert, and the reasoning behind it, I'm going to read this directly from from NBA.com. Well, actually, I'm not not going to read it because it's kind of long. I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, they say that because of Gobert's gaffe uh, that he had against the Timberwolves late in that game just the other night where he let let a guy break free for an open layup— D'Angelo Russell it was, he, he he calls a switch with Mike Conley, and then he doesn't switch, and then D'Angelo Russell gets an easy layup, game over. Because of that gaffe, they said it was such a, a doe moment, as they put it, that it's going to drop him a rung uh, behind Ben Simmons, who isn't even playing, who's currently hurt. So congrats to Ben Simmons, he gets injured, um, and you know NBA.com did mention that, you know, we're, oh, well, we're seeing in his absence, just how important he is. I mean, come on, this is getting ridiculous. The Jazz this year, it's it's like they're looking for any possible reason to not give them love. Anything they can do to not give the Jazz love, especially to not give Rudy Gobert his third Defensive Player of the Year award, they're looking for anything. They're just like stretching and reaching and grasping at straws. How can we keep this award from going to Rudy Gobert for the third time? And it's very, very obvious that he deserves it. Ben Simmons is not Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. I'm sorry, I don't care if he can defend a point guard and a shooting guard and a small forward. I don't care. I care about the results, the impact he has on the defensive end of the floor, and it doesn't even compare to that of Rudy Gobert. There's another graph that came out. I love these little graphs. This one is showing, and for those on YouTube, I'll put it on the screen, do my best to describe it for those just listening. But it basically shows... um, The number of shots a player has defended is the up and down axis. I don't know which one that one's called, X or Y, but it's the one that goes vertical. So how many shots you've defended this season. And then the other axis, the horizontal one at the bottom, is your defensive rating. Obviously, the lower the number defensively, the better because it's like points per game, right? So how good is your defensive rating? 
So Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert both are towards the low end on defensive rating, meaning that's very good. They're they're having a good impact defensively. Gobert is better than Ben Simmons, around a 104. Ben Simmons is around a 108. So Gobert is better by about four points. But then on the shots defended, meaning how how impactful are you really? Like, are you on the ball or are you not? Gobert is light years ahead of everybody else. I mean, he's, again, there's this massive cluster in the middle of all these players' names just, just piled on top of each other, dozens of them. And then alone at the very, very top, on the far, far best end of the, of the graph for both number of shots defended and defensive rating, there alone as an outlier, an extreme outlier, is Rudy Gobert yet again. There is literally no metric that says that Ben Simmons is a better defender. The eye test does not tell us that Ben Simmons is the better defender. Nothing tells us that other than NBA.com writers occasionally when they're grasping at anything possible to take the award away from Rudy Gobert. It's it's honestly a joke. Maybe they do it for stuff like this to get clicks. It's a hot take. I, I don't know. But there is nothing that points to Ben Simmons being the better defender. Literally nothing. Everything we can measure by, everything I can look at and watch tells me that Rudy Gobert has a far greater impact on the defensive end of the floor than Ben Simmons does. And again, I don't care if Ben Simmons can guard a wider variety of of, of players. It doesn't matter. What matters is who is having a greater impact on keeping the other team from scoring. And that is Rudy Gobert. That's it. Plain and simple. So Rudy Gobert, better win defensive player of the year. It's highway robbery if he does not. We better see Coach Quinn Snyder get coach of the year. That'll be absolutely highway robbery if he does not. And we better see Jordan Clarkson or potentially Joe Ingles win sixth man of the year. The Jazz have two sixth men of the year. We have two of them. The top two should both be on the Jazz. And we saw that, uh, we've seen that with the Clippers, you know, with Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. So the Jazz better clean up in the award department this year. It's going to be very, very disappointing if they don't. But at the top of that list, better be Rudy Gobert with Defensive Player of the Year because he has earned it by a long shot. He's having one of the greatest defensive seasons in the history of the league. The fact that that's not being celebrated more is really a shame. So shame on NBA.com. Glad you got your clicks. Glad you got talked about. But it's all garbage and we know it. Okay, more Utah Jazz disrespect. I have to talk about this. Uh, The... ESPN, Stephen A. Smith and ESPN, they put up on their Instagram these little, I don't know, posts about the greatest players of all time to never win a, t- a title or championship. And it's for all sports. And so Stephen A. Smith's top five was Allen Iverson, Barry Bonds, Charles Barkley, Carmelo Anthony, Dan Marino, in that order. Those are his top five. Um, and so I'm not going to argue with uh, Dan Marino or Barry Bonds. Those are... Those are solid guys in their respective sports. I mean, Dan Marino's the greatest quarterback of all time to never win in a, a, a Super Bowl. Barry Bonds, all-time home run leader. Obviously, he had the steroid issue, but even before that, he was one of those guys that was like a 40-40 guy. He could hit 40 home runs, steal 40 bases. Um, great batting average, uh, m- multiple-time gold glove winner. The guy was an all-time great long before the steroid use. So I'll give him that as well. ESPN, separately, separate from Stephen A. Smith, they had a list that was very similar. Uh, they had Barry Bonds, Barry Sanders. Not going to argue with Barry Sanders. He's one of the greatest athletes, period, of all time, of, of any sport. In my opinion, the greatest running back of all time, hands down. Never won a title. They have Patrick Ewing, 
Um, Randy Moss won't argue with that. They also had Allen Iverson. Um, so that's kind of the list of that Vince Carter and Russell Westbrook. Okay. So Vince Carter, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook will average a triple double for the fourth, for the fourth time this season. I'll give it to him. Vince Carter, great player. Didn't win a championship. Not going to argue with that. Why, why would I be talking about this? Why, why is this disrespectful to the Utah Jazz? Why is this even a subject for this podcast? Well, are you noticing anybody that shouldn't, that, that, sorry, that should be on there that is not? Are we noticing somebody that's potentially missing here? Ever heard of Carl Malone and John Stockton? Is this a joke? Is this a joke? We've got Vince Carter ahead of Carl Malone and John Stockton. Are we are we serious right now? If we're just going off of athleticism, like meaning who can jump higher and run faster, then I guess Vince Carter wins. But I don't think that I don't think that's what this is about. It's like who because Dan Marino wouldn't make the list in that case. He can't run very fast or jump very high. So what's this all about? Like what is this list? Patrick Ewing ahead of Carl Malone and John Stockton? Huh? Are we serious? Allen Iverson? I mean, Allen Iverson and Charles Barkley at least are, you know, up there towards that same echelon as Carl Malone and John Stockton, but even they aren't at that same level. So I looked up different stats, wanted to know if I was I already actually already knew. I know sports really, really well. I know stats really, really well. I already knew, but I wanted to just thoroughly dig deep and be able to present it to you in a concise way. So Carl Malone is a two-time MVP. Nobody else on that list is. Allen Iverson is not. Charles Barkley is not. Patrick Ewing never won an MVP. Um, Vince Carter never won an MVP. Uh, Russell Westbrook has one. Allen Iverson has one. Charles Barkley has one. Okay. Carl Malone has two. Carl Malone has been to three finals. Russell Westbrook has been to one. Allen Iverson has been to one. Uh, Charles Barkley has been to one. Patrick Ewing has been to one or two. I don't know, but it's not three. Carl Malone has been to three. Two with the Jazz and then one with the Lakers. He's a 14-time All-Star, 14-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense. The guy is second all-time in career points. Second, okay? He's 12th in points per game for a career, so it's not just that he had the longevity. He's 12th in points per game. Seventh all-time in career rebounds. The guy is top seven all-time in points and rebounds. Didn't make this list of guys to, to all-time great athletes to never win a title. He's fourth all-time in win shares. Fourth in the history of the NBA, Carl Malone is fourth in win shares. 17th in PER. For perspective, going off of just those guys that like really belong potentially in the echelon, I didn't even look up, um, well, Carmelo Anthony, I mean, Carmelo Anthony doesn't really belong either, but I, I did look him up. But but I didn't look up Vince Carter because like the guy, it, it, that's laughable that he's in the list on the list over Malone and Stockton. But for perspective... Again, Carl Malone, fourth all-time in win shares, 17th all-time in PER. Okay, those are very, very thorough statistical categories where it's like, let's look at their all-around performance, their field goal percentage, their points per game, their rebounds per game, their steals, blocks, assists, all of that stuff, free throw percentage, their minutes played, and let's put it into a formula and see what their output is. How much are they impacting the game to, get, to create wins? And how efficient are they as an overall just machine on the basketball court? Carl Malone, fourth all-time in win shares, 17th all-time in PER. Uh, Iverson was 57th in PER all-time, 88th in win shares. I get it. The guy could score a lot. He's like a 10 or 11-time scoring champ or something like that. But did it equate to wins? Did it equate to efficiency? 
Not really, actually. Carmelo Anthony, 92nd in PER, 75th in win shares. Uh, Patrick Ewing, 54th in win shares, 39th, or excuse me, 54th in PER, 39th in win shares. Charles Barkley, the closest, 12th all-time in PER, which was actually better than Carl Malone, 14th in win shares, quite a bit less than Carl Malone, who again was fourth. So where is Carl Malone? What does he need to do? Second all-time in points scored for a career, seventh all-time in rebounds for a career, two MVPs, three finals appearances. That That's not good enough, Stephen A. That's not good enough, ESPN, to make your list of all-time great athletes to not win a championship. Get out of here with that. Let's go to John Stockton. 11-time All-NBA, 5-time All-Defense, two finals appearances. And guess what? He's the all-time leader in both assists and steals. Nobody in the history of the league has more assists or steals than John Stockton. Nobody. He's number one in two of the major statistical categories. Nobody else has that. John Stockton does. He didn't make the list. I'm looking at the list. I'm scrolling through. I don't see him. I don't see John Stockton. I didn't even see his name in the comments, really, other than my own comment. So this is a joke. This is a joke. And both of these guys were insanely durable. John Stockton played 19 seasons. 17 of those seasons, he played every single game that was on the schedule. Every single one. Now, I don't say all 82 because there was two. Se- there was uh, one season where it was a strike-shortened season. They only played 50, but he played all 50. 17 get times of the 19, he played every single game, including at age 40 when he played and started all 82 games. You don't see that out of anybody these days. John Stockton did it. 17 times out of his 19-year career, he played every single game. That is incredible. So shame on ESPN. Shame on Stephen A. Smith for leaving these two all-time legends off of their list. They weren't as flashy, and that's why they're not as as popular and remembered. Smaller market, didn't play as flashy, but these guys got it done. They won. They're one of the winningest franchises in NBA history because of John Stockton, because of Carl Malone. They are two all-time absolute greats. Both of them are in the top 15 to 20 all-time in the league, whereas Carmelo Anthony, not even close. Russell Westbrook, no. Allen Iverson, no. Patrick Ewing, no. Vince Carter, heck no. Charles Barkley is. That's the one guy that like I can agree with that should, you know, that should make the list. But shame on you guys for not putting John Stockton and Carl Malone on there. Shame on you. Okay, we're gonna move to football. NFL draft is coming up. Mel Kiper released his big board, his latest big board. Mel Kiper, and I wanted to compare it to Todd McShay. It's so funny because I remember when Todd McShay started getting more airtime, got hired by ESPN, started getting more airtime. Mel Kiper hated him. You could tell he hated him because it was like he was coming in to you know step on his toes a little bit and like, oh, I'm I'm the big dog. I'm the NFL draft guy. Now this young stud's coming in and like stealing my airtime, stealing some of my thunder, you know. Now it seems like they get along. It works. They've, you know, Mel Kiper didn't get fired. So that's good. I'm sure that was one of his concerns. But these guys are very, very smart. So we went over Todd McShay's yesterday. So again, to recap, just real quickly, the quarterbacks only. That's what I'm interested in. Um, he had Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterback, fourth overall player. Uh, excuse me, first, sorry. He had best quarterback and best overall player. Zach Wilson as the second quarterback, fourth overall player. Trey Lance is the third quarterback, ninth best overall player. Justin Fields, fourth quarterback, 11th overall player. And then Mac Jones as the fifth quarterback, um, 
and the uh, 15th overall player. And I, did I skip Trey Lance? He was third and ninth. Yeah, I said him. Okay. So again, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. That's that's yesterday's Todd McShay. Today, Mel Kuyper released, releases his. He also has Trevor Lawrence number one, both overall and at quarterback. But then he has Justin Fields as the eighth best player, but his second best quarterback. Second best quarterback. Then he has Zach Wilson as his third best quarterback, uh, ninth best player overall. Mac Jones, fourth. Trey Lance, fifth. And those guys are 12th and 13th overall. So all both of them have all five quarterbacks in their top 15. Mel Kuyper in his top 13. But their order is different. Mel Kuyper has Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whereas Todd McShay had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. So hard to keep all that straight if you're just listening, but um, they had some slight differences. I thought that was interesting. Again, I want to see Zach Wilson go third. So when I see that he's listed as the third best player by Mel Kuyper, third best quarterback rather, I'm like, good. I hope the Jets do take Justin Fields, even though they're not going to. They, I don't even, I've never even heard that. It's not going to happen. It's going to be Zach Wilson. But I would love it if they did, because then Zach Wilson could go third overall to the 49ers. And something I forgot to mention yesterday uh, was Shanahan's interview, which was hilarious. They asked him if Garoppolo will be on the roster. And he says, I don't even know who's going to be live on Sunday, let alone who's going to be on our roster, which basically said, we're doing everything we can to move the guy, and I hope we can get it done before the weekend. That's what it said to me. Uh, do you? Will he be on your roster? Well, I don't know. I don't know if the world's going to end between now and then, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> like, what a stupid answer! And so, to me, it said it just screamed. Uh, we definitely want to get rid of him. We just haven't been able to yet. We're trying to find a trade that works because you got to get something for him. I mean, you gave up a second round pick to get him. Uh, he's actually really good right now. He's healthy. He's proven to win games. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is actually a very serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL. You got to get something for him. And they clearly want to move on from him, which is why they moved way up in the draft to get the third pick. See who they take. Everything's pointing towards Mac Jones from what I'm hearing. And I guess we will wait and see. Okay. Back to the NBA real quick. The Mavericks absolutely smashed the Warriors last night. Uh, I don't remember what they ended up winning by like 20 or 30, but it was even greater lead than that at one point just annihilated them. And I start seeing, you know, pray for Steph tweets and posts and things like that. And I'm like, hold up. Chris Stapp's Porzingis didn't play. And the game was in San Francisco. So it was a home game for Steph and the Warriors and away game for Luka and the Mavericks. And the Mavericks annihilated them, annihilated the Warriors on their home court without Chris Stapp's Porzingis. And I'm, I mean, I'm hearing pray for Steph. Like as if Steph Curry has no help. Oh, the poor guy. Like no help. Well, let me just read off the names of the other starting four members that Luka Doncic had with him, okay, in the starting five. And you let me know when I hit a name that Steph's just extremely jealous of. Yeah, When I hit a name that Steph would just kill to have as a teammate in place of Draymond or uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, or Kelly Oubre, let me know. Dorian Finney-Smith, ooh, superstar. Trey Burke, superstar. Maxi Kleber, you've never heard of him. Dwight Powell, you've never heard of him. Those are the four guys that started with Luka Doncic yesterday. Those are the four guys that Luka had with him to destroy Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Steph Curry. So stop it with the pray for Steph. Steph. 
We have to admit that Steph and especially Steve Kerr are a little overrated. Steve Kerr won a ton of games and a few titles with massive super teams. Without them, he's very average. They're going to squeak into the play-in scenario and maybe they get into the real playoffs, maybe they don't. But in reality, they're like the ninth or 10th best team in the West. And even when you bring Klay Thompson back, this is not a championship contending team anymore. It's just, it's not. It's not. They'll, be, they'll certainly be a lot better because Steph won't have to be double and triple teamed anymore. Um, Clay Thompson, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated players in this league. He's one of the best, one of the best defenders, and he's one of the best shooters, and he's extremely unselfish. So that will be a huge addition, but it's not going to bump them from like the 10th best team to the top three or four. Uh, it'll, it'll take them... And that's 10th best in the in the Western Conference. They're probably 15th best or so in the entire NBA, 16th best in the NBA. And they might go from 16th to like 8th best in the NBA with the addition of Klay Thompson, maybe 7th or 6th. But they're not going to be in those top three or four really competing for a title. They're not going to be the Nets. They're not going to even be the Jazz. Uh, they're not going to be the... I don't even think it'll be as good as the Suns or the Clippers or the Lakers. Like They're, they're just not going to be there. So we have to admit we've overrated Steve Kerr and we've even maybe overrated Steph Curry a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong, Steph Curry, I've got him as the greatest point guard of all time, greatest shooter of all time. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But in the end, what he's doing is not equating to the amount of wins we've seen other guys do with as much or less talent. We watched LeBron James reach a finals with less talent than Steph Curry has around him right now. We watched... We watched Chris Paul reach the playoffs last year in OKC with less talent than Steph Curry has around him right now. We watched Russell Westbrook do the same thing in OKC after uh, he lost Kevin Durant, but before Paul George got there. So we've seen guys do it even recently at the same position, the point guard position, but we're not seeing Steph Curry do it. So I love Steph. I think he's the greatest point guard of all time. Um, I think he's got some of the greatest handles of all time, and he's the greatest shooter of all time. Um, and he's like a transcendent type player. But at the same time, we may have overrated him still a little bit because I'm not seeing the wins. And we certainly have overrated Steve Kerr. The guy sat on the bench and watched a super team win a bunch of games. That's awesome. Okay, uh, speaking of the Clippers, I mentioned who I mentioned very briefly. Sticking in the NBA, Boogie Cousins is now on the Clippers. And... Uh, he had a very interesting quote the other night, which I wanted to just mention. He put, I got to be the first person in NBA history to be a third string big on a 10 day contract getting double teamed. And I watched some of the clips. I didn't watch the game itself, but I just watched some of the highlights and he had a good game. I can't remember what he had, but it was, you know, like 16 and 13 or something like that. And, and he was getting double teamed occasionally. And I thought that is very interesting. Like he's probably right. He probably is the first player in NBA history to be on a 10 day contract coming off the bench and drawing double teams. So it's all comes down to his health, but man, if this guy can stay healthy with the Clippers, that's a good pickup for the Clippers. It's a really good pickup because you want to know why they went and got him. Well, he was with the Lakers, right? So he might have some inside knowledge there a little bit. He was with the Lakers last year, but they got Andre Drummond and they got Anthony Davis. So the Lakers have chosen to go big. Even their point guard is kind of LeBron James, who's obviously 6'9 and 250. So the Lakers have chosen to go big when the rest of the league is going small and three-point shooting. And the Clippers are saying, you know what? We're going to just have another guy 
on our bench ready to go. That's a big body, a talented scorer, a good rebounder. We're going to have him just here just in case we need him for 10, 15 minutes a night to negate Anthony Davis or Andre Drummond for at least a few minutes here or there, you know, to kind of like even it out. And I think it's a good pickup. So we'll see how that goes for the Clippers. Um, Boogie Cousins, I never wish ill on anybody. Um, he's not my favorite guy. You know, his personality is a little rough uh, from what I see in interviews and things like that, just how he plays on the court. But I wish him nothing but health because I would like to see him be healthy and see what the Clippers can do. Um, but kind of an interesting thing there. Going to wrap up the podcast with this. Uh, the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight is back on. Um, and it is, I'm looking it up right now, June 6th. So they announced on their social media that they are their fight is back on at the Hard Rock Stadium. June 6th, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul are going to fight. This is unbelievable. You've got one of the greatest boxers of all time, even though he's much more of a defensive type boxer. In fact, I was talking with a buddy the other night, and I said, Floyd Mayweather is not a boxer. He's a defender. That wasn't meant as a jab, pun intended, um, but it was more just my honest opinion of watching many of his fights and many of other boxing matches. Floyd Mayweather, and he's known for that. He knows that. He's more of like, a, hey, I'm just going to like not let you hurt me. I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to score more points, get more hits, and just not let you ever land any real punches. But the guy's like 43 or something now. He's never lost. And now he's going to fight some twenty early 20-year-old 20 YouTuber who's never boxed in his life, really. So wild world we're living in. Uh, I'm obviously going to predict the Floyd, Floyd Mayweather wins that fight. I'm guessing they both make millions and millions of dollars. But I will be tuning in June 6th. And hope you guys tune in tomorrow and every day. I am out. Peace. We got the same. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. You're the